You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Would you build a house without a foundation? Would you have a child and not name it? Would you let a stranger squat on your property? No, of course not. So why should the internet be any different? Every week, speak with top domain experts. Learn how to make money with domains. Know your legal rights. Each week, join our expert host to be master of your domain. Right here on Domain Masters. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Domain Masters, live from SES in New York City. Uh, we are going to have uh, three great guests on tonight, two at the same time. They love double teaming. Uh, my first two guests are Todd Oilman Friesen and also Dax Herrera, uh, two kick-ass webmaster uh, SEO guys. Uh, they did a panel today called uh, Pimp Your Site and uh, uh, heard they had a lot of fun with it. There's actually some great examples there. We're going to talk about uh, what's going on at SES and uh, some of the new the, the new strategies in search that, that, that they're aware of. And then uh, we're going to have a, an interview with uh, Danny Sullivan, uh, the man that put together the SES uh, conference and uh, talk about what's new in uh, the conference uh, outlook for the future. Um, Jupiter Media sold the uh, conference events off to uh, uh, a new company, and they're going to be uh, bringing it uh, in a lot more locations. And uh, we're going to also talk about uh, what his opinion of domain names are with the new search engine strategies as well. So we're going to do a short commercial break and then come back on with uh, Todd Friesen and Dax Herrera. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters. Be master of your domain. Stay tuned. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. More than a name. Contrary to what your mother told you, you cannot.
not be all things to all people. You can, however, focus on your primary business and ensure your success by outsourcing technical projects to a company who is forward-thinking, solutions-oriented, and works as a complete extension of your organization. No need to do it over and over again. SRK Consulting can develop integrated automation programs, programming in most major languages and operating systems. SRKConsulting.com, making sure your mother is always proud. What happens when super affiliates hit the glass ceiling? They develop RevenueGateway.com, the ad network developed by super affiliates for the affiliate marketplace. Tap into the most powerful and intuitive system designed for ROI, exclusive tier one advertisers, highest industry payouts, bonus rewards, and rock solid on time payments. Looking to be creative or need mentoring? There is always someone there for you live 24-7. RevenueGateway.com, the secret to your success. RevenueGateway.com. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. Now, here's your host. Hello. Welcome back to Domain Masters. Uh, this is Monty Khan, your host of the show. I've got two of the funnest guys in SEO on, and uh, uh, both of them uh, were on panels uh, this week here at SES. Uh, Oil Man and Dax, you on the phone? Yeah. We're here. Well, Todd, yeah, you host a show here on WebmasterRadio.fm called SEO Rockstars, and uh, Dax, I think you've been on the you've been on the network a couple times, haven't you? I've co-hosted a few times. Yeah, a few times. Okay, so uh, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, first of all, t- uh, why don't you start off, Todd? Tell a little, give everybody a little bit of back- about your background, how you got in the business, and who you work for, and uh, and then we'll bounce over to Dax, and then we'll talk about uh, some of the uh, events of SES that's happened this week. Uh, sure, I'd be glad to. I started back in about 98 or so, and a friend of mine introduced me to this new revolution called Web Position Gold, and that kind of opened up the world of spam to me, and shortly thereafter I started doing, you know, the, the Viagra, Fenermine bit, and got got involved with Webmaster World and all that stuff, started making a name for myself, and uh, the upshot of the whole thing is I'm now a, a corporate bitch, according to guys like Bozer and those guys, and uh, working for an agency called Range Online Media and loving every minute of it. Yeah, that's great. And uh, now you can be my bitch tonight, too. There you go, man. I'm happy to oblige. <laughs> Dax, Dax, how about you? Uh, I actually started working in this industry in, I think, 2002, late 2002. Uh, funny story, I got the job through my sister, more or less. There's a big softball connection in our town. Uh, Bozer's Bo- daughters, kids play a lot of sports. Uh, we got introduced. I was in cryptography before, and it uh, wasn't exactly a natural jump, but I think all programmers are welcome in this industry. And uh, and who are you working for now? I'm working for Web Gorilla now. Yeah, Web Gorilla. So uh, you're working for Bozer and uh, kicking ass on some of his projects. Oh, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about SES. Uh, this was the largest show uh, that they've ever done. I think I heard rumors that there was 5,000 people here or something. 
and um, you guys were on a couple panels. Uh, today you did a panel called Pimp My Site. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, tell us a little bit about the concept and uh, how the how the how the uh, uh, presentation went. Pimp My Site. I don't know if it was the biggest attended SES, but it was the biggest attended Pimp My Site. I can tell you that much. It was packed. Uh, what we do is pick a site, you know, sometimes two. Uh, this time we focused all our energies on one. They were pretty much devastated after Katrina. Their their whole warehouse, it was a confetti site. Their warehouse uh, was flooded, completely devastated. Uh, you, might, you might be able to guess confetti doesn't withstand a flood too well. So, yeah, yeah it'd be a little soaked. <laughs> So uh, we we pimped their site. We redid everything. They had a lot. They had a lot of common mistakes that new people make. They weren't very familiar with the industry. Uh, they just got. They just did the best they could. Got a site up there, and we uh, we refined it. We went through all the SEO 101 techniques and got them some freebies from you know a few players in the industry. It was really great. Yeah, and uh, we donated uh, uh, the domain registration for five years to them as well. Absolutely, to, to help them uh, get a good ranking in Google. Uh, Todd, what were some of the specific uh, uh, SEO techniques that you were able to uh, I- interact on that site? Well, a couple of the biggest problems that they had were they were running a site with a big splash page up on the front, you know, a little button down at the bottom that you click to enter, and it had all this great text about the company, but it was all buried in an image on a splash page. So the first thing that we did was we got rid of the splash page, put all that content out to be called and found, gave them a new page, made it a little more spider-friendly. Uh, the other thing that was from them was title tags. They have this this brand called Flutter Fetty, and that's what they use throughout the site to define their brand. But really, what they are is a confetti company. So we had to go back through and keep the Flutter Fetty name where it, it fit, but we had to work that confetti name in because that obviously is a much higher traffic term. So those were the first two key points. And then following up on that, they were using uh, Miva Merchant Software, which is a great shopping cart, but not particularly search engine friendly in its you know, native install. So we got Miva to donate some modules to create some static URLs and stuff like that. So hopefully... What we're going to see out of this is a whole bunch of new pages with good content being indexed for them. Right now, yeah. um, uh, I understand that um, was it Monster Commerce donated the sh- uh, a shopping cart or a e-commerce engine? Yeah, Miva. Oh, Miva. Miva, Miva Commerce. They have uh, they have a whole e-store platform, and uh, they've got really a great bunch of SEO plugins for anybody using their their Miva platform. Oh, great, great. And um, did you guys review any other sites, or is this the only site that you did? We revisited a hella good products. It's a kind of a ba- it's a girl site. The girls did that one. It's a uh, it's a bath product site. They got uh, everything that looks like it's edible. You know, it's uh, kind of nice soaps and nice shampoos and that kind of stuff. Sounds like a perfect link site to uh, one of the sites that you own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of that website again? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, man. A good buddy of mine runs that. Men are better than women, maybe you think. Yeah, so? men are better than women. Yeah, that's a that's a, it's a great site. Um, <laughs> um, now let's talk a little guys, bit about domain names and SEO and um, some of the things that you guys know about domains. And you guys are masters at uh, getting domain names up and running and ranked and and putting content on them. Um, Todd, why don't we start off with you because you've been working on some projects also. Um, tell us a little bit about. Um, you know, the newest trends, the, the things that are helping domain names become well-ranked um, uh, from, from registration to, uh, you know, to having content on them? Well, one of the biggest things that we're seeing right now is, you know, we're trying to get around this Google sandbox for, you know, whether you want to believe in it or not, there's this perception that Google is dampening new sites a little bit. So 
is uh, viral marketing is becoming a real key component of the new SEO, and everybody's got something to sell, and everybody's using the same platforms and this and that, but what people are trying to come up with now is what is going to be something that's unique uh, and, and offering for them that's awesome, great natural linking. And so stuff like the, the, the with Flutterfetti, you know, having been on the Pit My Site deal was really cool because there was a bunch of reporters in the crowd and people are blogging about it and that kind of stuff. So it's become kind of viral within this industry generating a bunch of links. And that's really the key right now is how can you generate a bunch of links really quickly but have those links spread out naturally along, you know, a whole bunch of different IPs from all around the world so that it doesn't trip those the filters that, that would appear to be the sandbox. And, and what are some of the techniques to do that? Well, one of the things, obviously, if you've got something viral that is going to get people excited, you're going to get a whole bunch of links really quickly. The other side is if you're going to try and do it manually, you've got to be very careful with the links that you're purchasing and the networks that you're buying into so that you get a nice uh, natural growth of your, of your linking and traffic. Right, you know, right. If, I can, if I can add one thing, what we found with Flutterfetti is we didn't even know when we were uh, pimping the site is that uh, Renee Holmes, the owner of Flutterfetti, has a lot of huge clients. Uh, there, she does a lot of event, event planning for you know major mus- musical artists, uh, major events, and she just didn't know that you could go to these people and ask and simply ask for a link like Flutterfetti brand confetti is provided by Flutterfetti.com, stuff like that. Right, right. Now, um, now, Dax. Um, uh, obviously, uh, Web Gorilla. We own. We have uh, a lot of uh, websites uh, or a lot of domain names uh, managed at Moniker for you guys as well. What are some of the projects you guys are working on that are domain specific, and, and what are you seeing out there? Oh, domain specific projects. Uh, that's that's a tough one. We're doing a lot of. Uh, we do a lot of link analysis. We're doing. We're kind of getting into conversion tracking, traffic tracking, stuff like that. Uh, as far as domains go. You know, I will say that what we see a lot of on the Pimp My Side panels through the various sites is that people don't consolidate their domain names as much as they should have. Uh, they they kind of have the – they understand that you need to have a uniform look on your web presence. You need to have a template. Uh, you need to keep all the pages the same, but they don't understand that you need to do the same with your domains. For instance, in this case, we had Flutterfetti and Partyline. Uh, the store was one domain. All their content was another. And – yeah, that's a disaster. The authority just doesn't translate as well as it should. Oh, okay, okay. So for all the all the domainers that are out there listening um, um, that haven't gone to an SES show, um, give us a, give us a couple reasons why you think it's important for a domainer to be at SES. Because um, in the past, uh, you know, Danny really hasn't been talking about domains that much uh, or having any panels discussing it. But the three panels that I attended when I had some breaks, um, every single one of them had domain discussions about direct navigation and how important that was for a for a backup strategy for you know buying keywords and so on and so forth. And I understand that uh, he's finally going to have a panel at um, San Jose that we're going to be on, and so domains are going to come to the forefront at SES. What's uh, what have you been hearing out there from a domain standpoint, and um, how important it is for you know the discussion topics that are going on at SES and other other shows. Sure, I'll, I'll jump in on that one. Um, I've been meeting with some very interesting people this week, and domaining really seems to be, there's almost like a resurgence in domaining right now. I mean, it was really big, and then it kind of, it, it seemed to lose some of that hot press coverage. But I had lunch with a fellow today that's got a, a ton of these really great, you know, one-word domain names that just get type-in traffic, because what you get is, is you got to assume that your average internet user is, is about as smart as a 
toaster, in in my opinion. And so you want to be very careful with how you present your website. But like like my mom's a perfect example. She's the, she's the woman that has Yahoo as her homepage, and she goes to the Yahoo search bar, types in Google, sees Google number one, clicks on Google, and then gets there, and then actually finally searches for what she wants. But there's a whole a lot of people that think the address bar in your browser is a search box. And so they're sitting in there, and they're typing in one-word searches, and most browsers today, if you type in just a single word into the address bar, it goes out and tries to get the .com, then the .net, then the .org. It cycles through those domain names. So if you have some really good, you know, product single-word uh, domains or even two-word phrase domains, you can find it. People are typing those into the address bar, and you're getting direct navigation right to your site, and that's becoming quite, uh, you know, a really good way to get traffic. Right, right. And, and the perfect example of that is that huge corporate, like Am the Amazons and the Ebays, will not let you bid on their domain. So they know, they know their user behavior. They know that's going on, and it's uh, it's just huge. It's a huge amount of traffic. Right, right. Now I heard uh, when I was talking to Danny Sullivan today. Um, um, you know, he said that uh, one of the big discussion points was Yahoo's. Uh, um, policing of keyword buys of competitive sites and the trademark violations. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with this practice. You know, competitors going and buying the other competitors' keywords, and and uh, and I, I my first impression is that it's going to be a major issue to police this uh, particular uh, you know particular issue to be able to um, you know take take uh, companies and see what they're what they're bidding on for other keywords that might be competitive to their own company. What, what's your thoughts and feelings about how much energy and time and, um, you know, uh, bandwidth that's going to take? Uh, well, like, like so many other issues that are, uh, that are up on the table for Google right now, that seems to be another one where their hand has to, has to be forced in a way. I don't, I don't know that one of you probably does know the name, the company off the top of your head who there's a few of them who actually have, uh, secure the the sole rights to bid on their keyword names on Google. Todd, is it Geico? Is it? it yeah, it is. It, it is Geico. Yeah, and it's you know they're not really. There's no really step one, two, three. This is how you protect your brand name on Google. It's just kind of there magically, and no one knows how it happened. And certainly no webmaster who's new to the game. You know, like in this case, Flutter Betty, she can't just jump up there and decide how to protect her brand. It's something that we're going to see a lot more of, definitely. Yeah. Right, and. I mean, do you agree with uh, what's happening in terms of uh, brands having the right to protect their trademarks with keyword buys, or do you believe it's a competitive open market and one should have the right to you know, comp competitively advertise a lot, that of, way? a lot of the arguments of, of, that I've heard on it have used, like, for instance, uh, a lot of the legal panels, they use arguments like it's like going into a store. You know, if you make a competitive spaghetti sauce, you put it next to the ragu. But it's not really the same because, in this case, Google's making money off of the brand name, off of the recognition of names like, you know, Geico, you search for, uh, you know, Amazon. Google's making money off that. And that's, you know, the, the person who's done all, put in all the work on establishing the brand really isn't. They're not seeing any return for their investment. And I, have, I think there's a problem with that. Yeah. Now, uh, both of you, just before we, uh, before we wind up with you, um, what are the, some of the new trends? You know, I, I, sometimes when I go to the SES conferences and Webmaster World, I hear a lot of people complaining about uh, repetitiveness of, of ev what everybody's been talking about. But at this show, I haven't heard that that much. I heard there's been a lot of new uh, topics brought up, and there's some things changing with search. Uh, um, uh, paper calls coming in strong with some, uh, some unique uh, marketing opportunities. And how, how do these new 
how does the podcasting environment and what's going on with RSS and and the whole uh, uh, paper call versus paper click, uh, you know, barrier entry into the market? How's that affecting you guys as SEOs? And and what kind of new strategies are you putting forth in your in your uh, projects that you're doing? Uh, you know, to be to be entirely honest with you, that a lot of that paper call stuff and whatnot doesn't really affect the, the, the natural the, the the pure SEO. Where you're seeing paper calls show up a lot more is in like the PPC side, where people are now running ads with you know one eight hundred numbers in them. Right. But I mean, one of the reasons I think that you you're not hearing about the repetitiveness of this conference is that I mean, every session I've been in, most of the moderators say you know ask for a show of hands of of who's a first timer at SES. And the overwhelming majority, we're talking 75, 80% of the people raising their hands are first-timers here. So this is a, it's a massive show with a lot of first-timers. And, I mean, I agree that there is some repetitiveness, and, and I'm, you know, responsible, sure, for, you know, parroting sort of the same stuff year after year and, and presentation after presentation. But at the end of the day, we're talking about SEO, and a lot of the fundamentals of SEO just don't change over time. You want to have good title tags. You want to have good linking structure. You want to have easy navigation for the spiders to follow so, I mean, it's really hard to kind of shake that up, conference, conference, because it's the staples of what we do. Right, right. Yeah, and if I could add uh, one thing, you mentioned uh, podcasting, and I think in in a, some way blogging kind of ties into that. Yeah. At some point, at some point uh, in the maybe not so maybe recent past, uh, giving telling someone that they should set up a blog about some kind of topic to start a community about what they were talking about, no matter what niche it is. Uh, it turned into it turned from lip service into you know r- really you should make this a priority you know it, w- it was always a good idea to have that kind of presence on the web but now you can see with with stuff like uh, you know all the web 2.0 stuff technorati you can get huge amounts of traffic just on blogging and not even worry about the search engines podcasting especially I think we're going to see that really take off because as a trend. It takes, you know, the Internet is immediate. Everyone knows that's what's so great about it. You can put up a site immediately, but as a tr- the, the trend as a whole, to get everybody to start downloading podcasts on stuff, something they're maybe tangentially inter- interested in, it takes, you know, it takes a few years to get that going. I think we're just starting to see that take off. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and we ha- we're having some of the same um, um, things that are repeating themselves at some of the domain conferences, but like you said, lots of times you have to uh, um, reinitiate the same topics to get people to do what they're going to do. You can only retain so much uh, information from in terms of uh, you know repeating information at some of these conferences. But you're right. There's a lot new, a lot of new heads and a lot of new people showing up at these conferences now because uh, the word's spreading and people want to learn. And so there's got to be a place where everybody picks that up. And some of the exciting technology that's coming into play here with the with the blogging and the podcasting is going to be uh, you know it's going to be kick ass in the future. I think. Oh, definitely, absolutely. All right. Well, with uh, any uh, any last tips or tricks that you can uh, help some of the domain listening audience with uh, before we move on with Danny Sullivan? Well, you know, actually, I've been I've been starting to get into domaining a little bit on, on the side myself, and it's not something I was ever following. And you know, obviously, I look back on on the evolution of it, and I kind of regret not having got in. But you know, expired domains were a really big thing, and we're starting to see a resurgence in that as everybody's freaking out about Google. Well, Google's kicking out expired domains on and on and on. But we have Google's lost so much share of search right now that we have Yahoo and MSN comprising 40 to 50 percent of the search, depending on your vertical. And uh, you know, I don't want to really let the cat the bank much, but let's just say expired domains might not be a bad idea in that marketplace. Yeah, definitely. And what do you think? What kind of impact is Ask going to have on the market after hearing Barry Dealer talk? Uh, I'd love to see Ask become. 
I mean, I, I don't think Ask is going to make top three. I, I really don't. But I think they right now they're a very, very fourth. And I, I think that with the new interface and the new Ask.com, the toolbox, all that stuff they got on there, they got a real shot at coming right up on on MSN's heels and and forcing MSN to really get their act together. They got great color too. I love that red. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's similar to the color of your hair this week. Yeah, I got one tip uh, before you let us go: is uh, browse your site in links or a text-based browser and see if see if you know what the hell you're doing on your own site. You know, take away all the graphics and the layout and see if see if a bot can tell what's going on. All right, well, great. Well, guys, I really appreciate your time and your coverage today, and uh, you guys are like uh, the the top uh, the top SEOs in our industry, and I uh, really look forward to working with you in the future and having you on uh, in the future as well, and having a few thanks, beers man. with you later on. Absolutely, awesome. man. I'm all about that. All right, great. Well, thanks, uh, thanks, and uh, I'll see you in a, about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, all right, guys. Thanks see again to Dax uh, and uh, Todd uh, and uh, their perspective on uh, domains and SEO. We're going to take a short commercial break and be back on with uh, Danny Sullivan. Hang on. You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters. Be master of your domain. Stay tuned. differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. PR Web is the pioneer in online press release visibility. Think beyond search. Online visibility is what really matters. PR Web's exclusive online visibility engine delivers your message to your customers and major media outlets. Get the credibility and attention you deserve. Think online visibility from PR Web. PR Web, the only major newswire service that drives quality, measurable traffic to your site. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, TextLinkAds.com. Turn down the lights, pour some wine, turn up your speakers, and get close. Get sexy, get between the sheets. You're listening to Between the Sheets, four hours of romantic love songs to get you, to get you in the
Game Masters. Now, here's your host. Hello, welcome to Domain Masters. Uh, my guest, uh, who's the organizer of uh, the Jupiter, uh, not, no more Jupiter, the incisive uh, uh, SEO gathering here in uh, New York City, uh, is Danny Sullivan. Uh, Danny's uh, been running these events for quite some time, and uh, Danny had the pleasure of opening up the show with a bang with uh, having Barry Diller live, uh, which we helped uh, sponsor the podcast of that. It was great. So give us a little uh, recap about how this show has been. I understand it's the largest show that we've had um, yet. Yes, it's um, uh, just uh, higher than we had last year in New York, which was our biggest show ever. So it's uh, another record-breaking event, which is great. It, I think underscores that search is continuing to grow, and there's tons of people coming out to it. An amazing number of new people. You go into the rooms, you ask how many people are new, and hands shoot up all over the place. So lots of old vets are running around as well, obviously. And uh, it's just been great. We've had uh, I'm losing my voice. You can tell what we're talking about it. Uh, I've just come out of two sessions that we've had that have been involving uh, search and branding and integration of search. Uh, I think one of the best quotes I took down was from uh, Jessica from Danskin who was saying how she is, uh, she talks to different people and they say, well, back in the real world, which she finds very insulting, she's the online marketing manager and her quote was something like, I am... I'm in the real world as well. I'm not some bizarre person who does these odd things on the internet in the back of the room. <laughs> so, um, you know, I we're hearing less and less of those stories, though. You're hearing more people who are um, taken seriously. I talked with a person from Citicorp who is the vice president of search marketing, which I find great. I mean, like, we have vice presidents of search marketing these days, which is another sign of how things are growing. Definitely. So... Um, I know that this is a domain-related show, but domains have becoming uh, more and more in the spotlight uh, with the Wall Street Journal article last week about domain names and drop catching and the prediction that uh, domain names are going to become 15% of the overall search market by the end of 2007. Give us some input and insight about how um, how these conferences are going to focus on that in the future and what your personal experience and thought about domain names are. Well, in the... In the past, when we've dealt with domain names, we have had sessions on them uh, many times. It has always been about more of the SEO contemplation part of it. Dude, someone's ringing on the side of us. That's all right. Some calls coming in. I got a new domain name. Um, it's been that. You know, what domain names should you have? Do you do the redirections all over to one? Uh, the European shows is always a big thing. You know, how do I get the domain names for particular countries, and how do I make that sort of happen? What we never really have done do is done, done do. It's more of the, the, the domaining aspect. You know, how do you tap into it? And I think in some ways it's almost, you know, kind of snuck up. Almost sort of a stealth thing, as you know. You know, you sent me the business 2.0 article. You know, Danny, Danny, you got to do stuff on domains. Look at what's happening. And I, I was surprised. I mean, I knew that these things had existed, obviously, because you land on them. But the, the degree that you've had these portfolio companies come together, the degree that they are getting real search-like traffic, the, the people typing in two words, throwing on the .com, people consciously doing that, not the browser just happened to do it. That's a different behavior than what we've had in the past when we were dealing 2000, 2000. Part of it may be that, you know, we haven't done more. I think perhaps because search marketers have thought of that stuff as dying out with, say, the real names aspect. You know, we we went through a lot of that. What, what's the role of navigation? What's the role of domains and search? And we real names was going to happen, and they went away, and then we had a bunch of sort of bad companies coming in, pitching products that were going to help you navigate within your browser. And I think people kind of got burned on that. So search marketers, maybe they'll start coming back to saying, that's the kind of traffic I want. I think the real issue for us and what we're kind of grappling is I think that a lot of search marketers misunderstand the 
value that can be in those domains because some of the search companies themselves haven't done a good job on the, the type of domains. I think it's very difficult to um, justify, and you know, apologies to anybody who's listening who managed to get that misspelling of somebody's brand name, but I think those days they'll start to get cracked down on because the search engine's mission is supposed to be to navigate you to the right place. So if you manage to get somebody's name that didn't put in the extra E or whatever they were supposed to do, I think that'll go away. I think the upside is there are a lot of generics that people have that is perfectly legit for them to be having. There's great traffic that can come off of them, and it may make the idea of the domaining traffic that some people, as they're becoming aware of it, and maybe a little, I don't want that traffic, maybe they'll feel more confident about it. I think also one of the issues I see is that and I've just talked with both Yahoo and Google and following up on some of these things that have come up there, is the idea that they may need to break those out into separate channels as independent as search and contextual, search contextual domain, so that when you as an advertiser go in and you want to do a purchase, you can say, I want that search traffic that I know specifically came from a keyword. I know it happened. I want that contextual traffic somebody saw a page. And I want this domaining traffic that's come in because it's come off of a domain someone typed in. And I can pick and choose, and if I'm going to measure it, at least I can do that. I think that would be better. I don't think people would necessarily give it up. I, I, I half suspect that you might find that the domaining traffic converts better than the contextual traffic, and so it might even help people say, I want more of that, you know, go out and get me more of it. All right, well, it is, um, when you have a direct type in domain name, obviously people are typing in exactly where they want to go. They think that they're skipping steps, or that's the natural reaction, like, oh, let me just go see where autos.com is, you know, what's that autos.com? So it is uh, it is something that um, the domainers who have had all these big generic type in names have been seeing increased value of their domain names through PPC, those that are using it for PPC, and also when they've been developing it out. What are some of the new things that you're seeing or the new trends for the, from this show? I mean, uh, I thought that the Barry Diller um, opening session was uh, was very interesting because he's now bringing, um, bringing a new face to uh, Ask Jeeves, which is now called Ask.com, in, a, in what would, one would feel is a Google-dominated market. Give us your thought and foresight about what's going to happen with the search engines in general, Ask's new facelift, you know, where you see it a year and two years from now, and anything else that's new at this show that's, uh, that's uh, going to be something that we're going to see more and more of that we haven't seen in the past. Uh, I think that we're going to see a new sort of struggle between the various search engines now for the you know hearts and minds, if you will, as the search. Excuse me, with the searchers. You know, Ask is very serious. The the fact that Ask Jeeves has Barry Diller come out, well, there he is calling now. <laughs> the the fact that they have him come out, I think, underscores the seriousness that they're playing in this. I mean, he's a big deal, uh, and he's taken time to talk with these search marketers. And, and in fact, he was really surprised at the number of people that were here. And like, who are all these people? And they're like. They're your advertisers. They're the people ask is telling you we want to make them your advertisers. So I think that we're going to end this year with five major people selling search traffic. It's not Google Yahoo anymore. It's Google Yahoo, Ask, MSN, and AOL selling direct. What a world. And people, it's not like we haven't had people that many vendors selling, but these aren't second-tier vendors. Five different first-tier vendors, five different people that you're going to buy from, and you're not going to be going, I don't know if the traffic's good, or I don't know what's coming. They're, they're all major search engines. And for the most part, I think the real issue will be if the search inventory gets pricey enough that people do hit their budgets, or we get enough inventory where they can't they they can buy enough. Now they'll start to be 
more picking and choosing. Because by and large these days, you know, it still tends to be, I can't get enough of the search, so I'll just buy it from everybody. But what a world it would be if, like, there's so much search going on that people are saying, I'm going to pick what I'm going to buy. And you know what? I'm going to spend more of my money with Ask because that's converting better than Google. I'm not saying that is the case, but that will be a phenomenal change when we get to that kind of aspect of it on the on the paid side um so far, it's hard to know what's going on in some of the other... I had a chance to digest with people some of the other trends that may be coming out. I, uh, I, there's still the usual talk about verticals. I think people are more and more getting the fact that it's not just, I want to be found on Google web search for free, but, wow, I want to be in Google local and look at other things that they're doing. With it. Now, Ask has maps, you know, and they're going to have local listings get, eventually get associated with that. So, you know, it's people have to think sort of beyond the box and other types of things with it. So, Have you seen anything significant in terms of changes from organic search to more paid type search uh, that's different this year than a year ago from today in terms of trends? And um, where do you see that specific segment? You know, um, It's known to everybody that if you're, if you're on an online business, you should be spending your time on both sides, obviously. As, do as good a job you can do as an, on a, organic and then you know, really target your keyword purchases and your other uh, non-organic but purchasing for your position uh, placement. What's what's your thoughts and feelings around that? I, I think you're getting more re-awareness of people that organic is important. A lot of the new people who come in have come in, on I think, on the ad side. They bought it. The New York show is more heavily that way, and, and, and it's purposely we have a little more content. Not, there's lots of organic going on here, but there's a little more content oriented towards the people who want to buy. But you are hearing more and more people saying, well, I should be doing more of that organic, right? Or what's the dynamic between the two of them? And, you know, part of that is because some of them have tapped out what they can do on the paid and they want more inventory and they're thinking about organic more. Part of that's also because they're getting price sensitive now and they're saying, oh, well, maybe I should be doing this organic stuff and that sort of thing. So, you know, I think overall the the rule that I tend to hear from most of the advertisers still tends to be doing both if you can do it. You know, it, 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 they reinforce each other and you want the click. It's nice if you get the click for free, but you want the click rather than I didn't buy the ad and so the click went to somebody else. And then the challenge is converting that click into a purchase or, you know, or customer acquisition. Now, very interesting, of course, is this Yahoo trademark policy that's changed. You know, the new policy on Yahoo now is you cannot buy a competitor's trademark term and link an ad to it. And there's, I think there's concerns always when you have new policies come in, but I think there's also a lot of positive to it for the people who are like, gosh, you know, I've built up this big brand and they just want to tap into my coattails and they don't really have any good reason to be there. And they're trying to, it's not illegal to do competitive advertising in the U.S. You can do that, but it doesn't mean that a, a venue has to let you you do that. So you know, I think Yahoo has some self-interest in protecting some of their big brands who are spending money with them. But at the same time, even smaller people who have small brands might very well appreciate the fact that they're they're going to have this sort of ability to push back and say, uh, they shouldn't be able to run an ad like that and change it. Doesn't Yahoo run the risk, though, of getting... Of, of having an infrastructure problem on having to police such a such a that's I mean that's a massive massive extra job to make sure that the keywords that you're buying aren't in fact trademark infringements on somebody else's brands and then how do you check it when you don't have to have a federal trademark you could just have a first use common law trademark that you can't even check across the you know the nation so well, how do you think they're going to go about it in the proper way because that also affects domain names too uh, for those that are using PPC pages and pulling up 
you know, competitive ads to, um, you know, best Western hotels and Hyatt's, you know, Hyatt shows up and, you know, the, the wrong, the wrong domain name is keyed wrong to the, to the particular brand that it's positioning. I, I think it's really going to be, uh, this is our policy and we follow up upon report aspect to start off with. And, and I think that's fine to begin with. Um, you know, they're, they're telling everybody. So the first onus, if you will, is on the people themselves that, you know, you're not allowed to do that. You shouldn't do that. Ads are still supposed to be going through editorial review so if you're looking at something that's immediate obviously just immediately obvious to one of their checkers then that might help as well I'm sure stuff will slip through I'm sure then stuff will get reported and I think the real issue will be okay advertiser X has already been reported that they can't do that and if they come do it again that's where I think it would be really they take a lot of flack if they don't crack down on them and say yeah you don't just keep doing it no yeah now take us forward just a little bit, and then we'll end up uh, end up uh, your particular segment. But um, SES is is all over the world. There's a lot of shows. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of um, um, you're, you're getting the word out across the world. I mean, I see I saw on the on the board today uh, that you're going to China, um, the first show in Miami to to I guess approach the Latin American market. Give us an idea about what you're hearing. What, what the reasons are to keep going to more cities, more places. Is it is it the same content? Is it going to be geographically targeted? Um, why should one attend? What's the difference between our New York show and our San Jose show? Because I think it's a valuable show for anybody that wants to be successful on the web. Um, but there's also a lot of overlap on some things, too. But give us some ideas of what's going to happen new this year. Well, I, um, uh, to make it clear, I don't go to every single show because um, some of the shows, I liter- nobody literally could go to both of them, like the Japan and the Toronto show right next to each other. It, it makes sense for us to go into these other places because there are search marketers there, and they want to be able to get together and network with each other and feel that degree of respect or community, just like that they've had in the U.S. or in the U.K. or some of the European countries we've done as well. And it is nothing is better than seeing one of these events launch in a new country when people come together and they've perhaps have never met each other before and they're like kind of hesitant is that you and you know and they really you know conferences can be expensive not everybody can make it out to them some people are like oh, I'll get it off but there's that dynamic factor of everybody coming together as well it's just in person that's fun and you get stuff off of it the the U.S. shows are largely applicable to anybody who's doing search marketing anywhere because they tend to be the more advanced things, more in-depth, lots and lots of sessions. If you're an advanced person, even if you're not in the U.S., you know, people will say, should I come? And I say, sure. Pick one of them. You don't have to come to all of them in the U.S. Pick one of them, you know, and go to, the, go to one of them. Some people, of course, go to everyone, and they'll find stuff off of it. And I'm like, well, that's great. If you're interested in a particular country or region, the content is usually different in those countries. So the U.K. one is going to be three days. There's going to be a lot of stuff that will be U.K.-specific involving U.K. or European speakers, sessions that will only be happening there, what's European law. We've done a few things here in the in New York, for example. We've had sessions like European search marketing or whatever, and people will sometimes say, why didn't you bring that back? I'm like, because honestly, an hour and a half, I'm, I can open your eyes a little bit, but if you're serious about it, go to the, sh- the other show. So those, a lot of those shows are like that. The newer shows, it takes a while for their content to develop. Some, a few of the shows are completely different. The Japanese show is largely a vendor-oriented type of thing. You know, you're not paying very much to go to it, and there's a few sessions that are happening. There's more people to get together to, to talk about things that are going on with it from there. Uh, but by and large, the sessions still are mostly content-driven, and um, they are... Ma- first year for the China show? This will be the first year, yeah. 
what, what do you see the China show doing different? I mean, obviously, you're, you're entering into the China market for the first time, which is an explosive market, um, one that is also restricted in many ways. Um, how, um, how are you going to approach that market that's different than the other international or even the Asian uh, market in general? I wish I could tell you, but I'm not doing the China show. Oh, okay. okay. Well, what have you heard? <laughs> <gotta> go, okay. <laughs> it's going to be great. No. you got to hit Chris Sherman. Um, he's organized up that particular show. He has put together a lot of the basic kinds of uh, tracks that we do here. I don't think he's got a whole lot of the issues track. I think it would be very interesting to do uh, a session in terms of a lot of the issues people have about doing stuff in China. Um, uh, to be honest, I don't know if you could do them there. Um, and also for a new show, you don't tend to launch those sorts of things. You know, you, when we started our first show in the UK, we didn't launch on a legal and trademarks panel. You you tend to let see where you're at with the market and then where are the issues that are going, in particular to that market that are a challenge. So, um, but you should catch him and talk with him more and see what he's got got in mind. Great. Well, uh, before we wrap up, uh, maybe you can, having a unique perspective of uh, not only moderating a bunch of panels, but also being in the search engine market for such a long time, give us two or three or, you know, three or four things that the domain listening audience or the SEO audience that that, that listen to the show each week can do for their own business that will make them successful and some of the things to try to move away from. Well, for the domain audience, one of the things I would say, and I could be completely wrong, but I would take some of the domains and actually see if you can't just build some content off of them. I mean, a lot of the good domains really seem to be designed about, I've got, I got a great thing going, Google, Yahoo, doesn't take me much time, and I've got a portfolio, but you got a great domain. If there was something you could do, even to the degree of hiring a good blogger or somebody to come in there and start running something off of it, the killer thing about that is, if you can, you've got the great name to begin with, and you start building up content, you start packing links, you start attracting the search traffic, if you're making money now, you should just be able to roll that over and over off of it. You're not going to do that with every domain, but some of these domains are awesome. I've got wagonload.com. I've always wanted to do something with wagonload.com. Well, maybe we can help you sell that one. I'll sell my portfolio of 10 domain names. <laughs> Make my 200 bucks and I'll make it back. But, uh, you know, I mean, I, I've had names that I thought, oh, those are clever. I'd love to do so. You never have time. But I, I think that would be an interesting thing to do, you know, see if somebody like Movable Type comes along and puts together a special blogging program for domainers, you know, set you up with it. So that, I think that would be one tip I would probably say. Um, it might very well be that some of them might look toward some of the search marketers who are saying, I, I want to own the name, or I want to lease the name, I want the links from the name, and I'll be exclusive, and maybe I'll pay you more than you're making off of it. And I don't know how that would go. Of course, what a lot of the marketers would probably love is, you know, just to get the links for the search traffic, and I'll buy them, but that raises all sorts of issues of, well, now I bought the link, and is Matt Cuts over Google going to find out and ban me from heaven and earth after that? You know, so uh, some things to keep in mind. Any any other tips that you can give people from, a, uh, from more of your perspective, uh, just from a general on online site perspective that you must have that maybe everybody doesn't think about to, to be successful on the web? Uh, for somebody who has an actual site that, that has content on it, um, it's not so much search specific, but if you're not running some kind of RSS, you really ought to. You really ought to be making sure that people can get a feed of your content of any type. I think these days it's as, as essential as also harvesting their email addresses. People have come to your site. They come to your site once. You want to be able to reach out to them. And I think it's always been good advice to run some sort of a mailing list. You really ought to be running some kind of RSS feed alongside it. 
I think we're going to see more and more people shifting over to RSS from email, and that's just going to protect you in the long run. Not really a search thing, but you know something with it from there. Well, great, Danny. We really appreciate your time on uh, Domain Masters and uh, great, uh, great SES conference, and uh, look forward to attending and participating in the upcoming events. The next event now is scheduled when? I think the next one is Chicago, China. And then we have um, China in March, and then I can't remember. <laughs> SearchEngineStrategies.com. We got the whole calendar. Run you down. Go to Jupiter Events or SearchEngineStrategies.com and find out what's going on uh, in uh, at the SES world. Well, Danny, thank you very much for your time, and uh, we look uh, look forward to speaking to you again at uh, uh, the next conference that we attend. All right, great. Thank you. All right, so uh, that wraps up uh, a couple of great events here at SES, and. Uh, um, I, I can tell you that from attending the show last year to this year, it's uh, much more heavily attended. Matter, matter of fact, there's double the traffic, double the double the people, double the events, and um, it's um, it's definitely uh, showing that the market is growing and increasing, and um, and and the amount of people that are coming in to learn about search engine strategy and uh, domain names. I mean, our booth was just packed. We collected more more. Leads had more conversations with more people than we ever have at any show so far. So it just shows that we're just getting bigger and bigger, and the market's increasing. And uh, there's a there's definitely a nice uh, play for the domain name community at Search Engine Strategies. Um, with that, I'm going to wrap up uh, this week. Uh, we're going to go uh, go head out to dinner with some of the customers. Uh, uh, Brian Banco is here in town, and so who I had on the show, uh, I guess it was last week or two weeks ago, and he's in town. We're going to go out to dinner tonight with him and Keith Levinson, who I had on the show from uh, Traffic in Silicon Valley. And so we're going to hook up with those uh, New Yorkers tonight. Next week, we're going to have a show focused around financing and the financial markets and how they feel about domain names. I'm going to have Ari Bain on from Millbank Roy and also Doug Burke from Page Mill Partners. And uh, we're going to have a, a concentrated show around domain name financing and the financial community and, uh, and, and where they see the market in terms of asset value. And uh, those, those folks will be also at uh, Traffic West at, uh, in Las Vegas in a couple, in a couple months. So with that, I'm going to wrap up the show. Have a great week, and be the master of your domain. We'll see you next week, same time, in Fort Lauderdale, back at the hometown and our office. Take care. Bye-bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.